Hola, mi amigos y mi amigas. Pete here from Do You Even Blog. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I have a super, super boring episode for you today. No, I'm just kidding. It's awesome. So, short form, no podcast guest in today's little bite-sized chunk of audio. So, if you're interested in that, of course, go back in time. Check out some of my all-time faves on the podcast if this is your first time listening, which is probably not. So, there you go. We're going to talk about that. CLV in just a second. Here's what I want to do on this little episode. I want to go through some very common business metric acronyms, right? CLV, CPL, KPI. I want to talk about uh, just a few of these, five or six, and I'm going to straight up adapt them to your blog and explain how you might be able to use these nice little concepts to make your blog better, grow some traffic, and get more sales and more fans, right? That's what we're all after, right? Right. So I'm just going to dive right into it right here. Number one, actually, I'll just list them off. CLV, MRR, cash flow, CPL, BRPL. I actually made that one up. B2B, B2C, and KPI. So even if you already know roughly what these means, and any of you who have studied business or have been a little bit deeper on the marketing and on the business side of blogging, you might know what they stand for, but mm, I'd argue this episode probably give you some value nonetheless. So Numero uno, CLV, it stands for Customer Lifetime Value, which is going to be how much money a customer, a subscriber, a follower will pay you for different products or services over the lifetime value, the lifetime of that customer, yada, yada. I'm actually going to amend this to be something a little bit different. So I want you to think about this. Where does the bulk of your revenues come from? If it comes from ads, that's great. If it comes from affiliate products, that's great as well. If you're thinking about launching your own product or a service or something like that, nine times out of 10, it comes from existing subscribers. Those sales come from existing subscribers, people who already know you and trust you and follow you. It's a little bit different if you have affiliates, by the way, but I would argue even then, the reason they buy is because they trust your affiliate, right? They know and trust that person's recommendation. Something to think about here is... The balance of content. Are you producing it for new subscribers, acquisition, or your existing subscribers to increase their loyalty? There's a balance in there. It's not 50-50. It's 60-40, 70-30, depending on you, your brand, what you're doing. But I just want to like iterate this point of CLV. Keep existing customers happy. Reduce churn rate if you want to talk about some other business acronyms, right? Keep your current followers happy. Don't like forget customers even. Just keep your current subscribers happy. Keep your current followers happy. One concrete, 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 one concrete way you can do this. I'm talking super fast over here is to literally have subscriber only content. could be via email. It could be via a membership site, even if it's free, right? Some way to satisfy, keep people engaged, keep people loyal to your blog and your brand. That's going to increase CLV. Okay. Number two would be MRR, monthly recurring revenue. This isn't super, super important for most bloggers, but I will just take this little opportunity to note how many like of the big creators, the big influencers are actually switching business models to be more short-term rinse and repeat sort of revenues, as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to launch this and open the doors once a year and I'm going to make $250,000 and then I'm not going to make as much the rest of the year. More and more of these influencers are switching to subscription models, 
uh, multiple product launches. They're trying to smooth out their revenue cycle, right? It's more stable. It's easier to predict growth and it brings in more money faster, which is all about the next bullet point. Drum roll, please. Cash flow. So this is incredibly important. If you're not an accountant, you probably get a good sense of, you know, what cash flow means. It's the actual amount of money that is hitting your bank account at any given time, in any given month or year or whatever, not the sales you get, not how many subscription plans you sell, membership payment plans, right? That's money in the future that is owed to you for sure. But how much cash are you getting in the door? Here's why this is important. Well, for one thing, you can't do anything with future cash owed to you. You can't spend it on anything right now. You can't reinvest it in your business or whatnot. And you can't also use it to pay for expenses, convert kit, domain, hosting, all sorts of other blogging, fancy software. By the way, side note here, I'm preaching to myself. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. I love paying for blogging tools. I just love it. It's a guilty pleasure. Sorry, PF folks. I just love paying for blogging services and tools and exploring new apps. I'm just obsessed with it. Don't get me wrong. I have to cut back every month. I have to go find something that I thought I might be paying for and have to cancel it because I don't have the money to pay for all that stuff. I love to increase my cash flow so that I wouldn't have to worry about that on any given month. It'd be a little bit more predictable and stable, right? Cash flow. Cut out your expenses. You don't need that fancy email marketing platform. Probably you might could do with MailerLite or MailChimp. There you go. There's my two cents. Okay, let's talk about CPL cost per lead or cost per email subscriber, maybe, if you're running paid Facebook ads, paid Pinterest ads, incredibly effective for me recently. And I'm going to pair this with something I just made up. I'm going to call it BRPL, (laughs) blog revenue per lead. Okay, so if your cost to acquire an email subscriber is $1, and you've calculated the past six months on average, you earn $1.50 per email subscriber, Why would you not take that deal all day? Why would you not spend more money on Facebook ads or Pinterest ads or whatever, Google ads to acquire new leads, acquire new email subscribers if you know that your average revenue is higher than that? If you're, get ready for this, I'm about to drop some acronyms on you. If your BRPL, blog revenue per lead, is higher than your average CPL, your cost per lead, take that deal. Do those advertisements. Get that working, flowing, right? Now, it's not quite that straightforward. You actually have to do a lot of averaging and you have to be a little bit conservative in your numbers if you're truly trying to scale a paid marketing campaign. But in general, those are the the two basic metrics you're going to look at when you're thinking about spending money for paid reach, paid traffic, paid landing page views, conversions into your email course to download your checklist to download your PDF, whatever. Cost per lead, your average revenue per lead, right? Over the long run, that's another part of that equation, by the way, is time, right? What's your turnaround? You can spend a million dollars to acquire a million subscribers right now, but how soon are you going to make that money back? (laughs) Are you going to pay off credit card debt in that time? Uh, You know what I'm saying, right? CPL, cost per lead, compare that with BRPL, blog revenue per lead. That's, That's it. And here's another little handy concept you may have already heard before. B2B means business to business, a business selling another business products or services, etc. Or B2C, business to consumer, selling consumer products, consumer services. Okay, here's why this is important for bloggers. It helps you determine your pitch. 
your offer, your copywriting, your marketing is different based on whether you are selling to consumers or other business entities. Here's one example. Blogging and digital marketing is actually kind of both. I would argue blogging is more B2C, business to consumer. Most of you listening to this podcast don't run full-time online businesses. Most of you are bloggers, part-time hobbyists. You want to make some cash on the side, else you wouldn't be following me, but you're not like full-on, this is my business. I have you know, accountants, I have lawyers, I have freelancers, I have contractors. Some of you are like that. Most of you are not. However, digital marketing, especially talking about content marketing, use fancy words, are mainly attracted to other businesses or you go to admit by that. The difference is how you price your products and services and how you sell them. It's a little bit easier to sell high dollar products, services, courses, whatever to other businesses or other entities that are earning money already and can easily consider it as an investment rather than an expense, right? For most consumers, they're going to consider it as an expense. That's where that occupies in their brains, in their minds, right? They're going to see your products, your PDFs, your courses, your whatever as an expense, not an investment. And you can do your best to write that on the page to try and convince them it's an investment, not an expense. But quite frankly, they already have it in their heads by the time they land on your product or your service, probably, right? B2B versus B2C, how you sell to these different types of entities is vastly different. And last but not certainly least, I'm going to talk about KPIs, key performance indicators. I'm getting super fancy on you guys. Let me read this from HubSpot's blog. Let me see if I can uh, just kind of sum it up right here. Ready? Quote, unquote. A type of performance measurement that companies use to evaluate an activity's success. While KPIs are used throughout a business, marketers look at KPIs to track progress towards marketing goals. Marketers look at KPIs to track progress towards marketing goals. Okay, what on earth does that mean and how can they use this? So essentially what you're doing here is you're finding some metric to track. Hopefully, a metric that will actually tell you if you are progressing towards your goals, whatever that might be, to build a million-dollar blog, to build a million-dollar business, to get a 1,000 subscribers, that would be a goal, to get 10,000 subscribers, to do this, to do that, to do X, to do, Z, to do Y, right? Track the metrics that matter to those things, and you're going to have to find these for yourself. You're going to have to figure out what metrics contribute to those goals, <laughs> which ones? And then you track them. That's all. That's what a KPI is. Some examples for bloggers might be traffic. Eh, that's an easy one. Overall blog visits. How much does that matter towards your end goals? Maybe it matters a lot, depending on your blog, on your niche, how you're monetized. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's not a KPI. It's not really, for me, it's, it's important. Don't get me wrong. I try and increase it. Don't get me wrong. But not like a food blogger. A food blogger, that's how they make their money. That's their bread and butter. Much more important for me would be email subscribers. Not so much for the food bloggers, right? This is not the primary way that they make money. Email subscribers is not a really great metric to track. I'm sure they're trying to build their email list so they can sell them stuff. Don't get me wrong. But in general, it's not the biggest like indicator of whether they're making progress on their goals. Specifically like revenue goals, to be quite frank. They, they care much more about page views directly. They make their money via that. And so that is a KPI for them. Email subscribers is more of a KPI for me. And mm, allow me to pontificate with you for just a moment. 
even shying away from the strict definition of KPI, key performance indicators, this could also look like you doing an audit, an audit of your blogging task on any given week or day. What are you spending your time on? I've had to do this recently. Actually, I've done this a few times because <laughs> I find myself wandering on any given day and not actually doing activities that will contribute to my success. Administrative work. Some activities are more valuable than others. That much should be probably be obvious. So the key, of course, is to do an audit of where you're spending your time, what activities you're doing on any given day or hour or week, right? And determine whether they are contributing to your goals. How much so? In fact, once you go ahead and prioritize those, list them out, make them into a nice little list, sort them in Google Docs or something, and find which ones are more important to your success, to your goals, which ones contribute more than others. Those could also be considered KPI activities, right? Right. I think so. Okay. I believe that's it. Yeah, that's it. Hopefully some of you found this interesting and or useful or helpful. And if not, well, thanks for listening anyways, I suppose. Let me make one more request for you right now. If you haven't already, please go leave me a review on iTunes. I'm almost to 100. I'm at like 94 as of this morning, I think. I only check that like once every couple of months, but I'm almost to 100. So I thought it'd be cool to get 100. If you're listening to this and you haven't yet, I would love it if you stopped what you're doing and go leave me a review on iTunes. That sounds terrible. Oh, I'm aware it sounds terrible. Uh, write it on your hand and then come back later when you're super bored and you're just like trying to find the next Netflix thing to binge on. Go leave me a re- review on iTunes. That's all. Thanks for listening to this Blog Tribe. I love you guys and gals. You all have a wonderful weekend and I will catch up with you next week with more podcast interviews. There you go. Ciao. Adios.